welcome back to How I Made It, the podcast that explores the intersection of business and creativity. So my guest today knows all about aligning her passion with her profession. She's been described as a magnetic actress and has starred in shows like The Closer, Lost, The Mentalist, NCIS, and CSI. But you probably know her best from her latest role as Angela Valdez from Power. Leela Loren, welcome. Thank you so much for making the time to speak to me. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I don't know how many times I'm going to say this throughout this interview, and I'm going to try not to be annoying, but I am so excited to speak to you um, because, you know, you're you're just so good at what you do, um, you know, and I honestly would have thought that, you know, you knew from birth that you were going to be an actress, but you're so interesting. I, I did a bit of research, and I saw that you kind of stumbled into acting um, due to some slightly random events, and you actually were involved in African studies before. Did I read correctly, or is that off base? No, yeah, that's, no, I was involved in um, uh, animal behavior animal and behavior. conservation. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had wanted to go go to like Tanzania and Africa to study primates. Like that was like my big dream. So maybe that's where you got the African studies mixed up. But it was animal behavior and conservation was my passion from the time wow. I was really little until life diverted my <laughs> my course. <laughs> so how did you get um, interested in acting? Where did that book come from? It was really, it really was an accident, and I think that's one of, I think the wonderful lessons that I've learned throughout my life is that, um, you know, particularly in American culture, we have this idea of going after what you want or what your dream is, and um, sometimes you don't, sometimes it's a, you you actually think you want one thing, and then something else comes barreling in and surprises you. So I, uh, I would have never have guessed even at the age of 18, that this is what I'd be doing. It hadn't even occurred to me. So basically what had happened was um, I had picked Whitman College, uh, which is a very, very small liberal arts college in uh, eastern Washington. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I had picked it because they had a study abroad program uh, in Kenya. And I, with a general biology degree plus that, it uh which I would have gone for a year. It would have put me in like a really great standing for like a master's program. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole reason why I picked the school. Uh, but those small colleges, they don't offer required courses every semester. So it's really easy to get stuck for a fifth year if you don't map out your schedule perfectly mm-hmm. well. So I um, figured out that I had to knock out my fine arts requirement and just get that over with. And uh, I signed up for a, a class called Book Arts, where you learn to make and bind leather books, and this is at the beginning of the internet. Um, I'm dating myself a little bit, but <laughs> I was just sort of doing registration online, and uh, I signed up for this Book Arts class. I was really excited, and then I got a call about a week, week and a half later saying from the registrar saying, I'm so sorry, there was a mistake in the computer system, and you way overbooked this course. You're not in it anymore. And by that point, every other fine arts uh, class had been filled up in the sort of time slot that I could fit, squeeze in be- between all my other required courses. 
And so um, I called them back and I was like, hey, guys, like I'm not going to do summer school or stay a fifth year and not graduate for a fine arts requirement. Like, you guys <laughs> need to help me yeah. figure this out. So they just shoved me in an already full beginning acting class. That's wow. how that happened. That um, amazing. And I can't. Yeah, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, did, I, I I was like, what is this when I first stepped in? Because it was so outside of um, my world. The teacher made us crawl around on the floor like we were babies, discovering everything anew for the first time. That was my first day of class, so I was sort of like, what did I just walk into? Um and a number, a number of things happened that just sort of kept me, even though I, I know this sounds strange, even though I like didn't like it, it kind of got under my skin and I, mm-hmm. I took another class and then I found myself signing up for, for a play and, and then it, and then at some point I just had to sort of admit to myself that I had fallen in love with it and, uh, I can't say that was a positive feeling. Like I, I remember at the time feeling like I had ruined my life <laughs> because I. Well, I mean, come on. Like if you're supposed to do biology, and at some levels it's a hard profession, but you know you can at least get a job. Yeah. Versus falling in love with acting, where there was no sort of artist in my family, none, uh, and I wasn't an idiot. I, you know, I was fully aware that it's not a profession that you can really do the math on in terms of like trying to make a living. So um, I just decided that I would rather be poor and and do what I love than, than not. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to say that you made the right decision (laughs) because we love you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no worries. I mean, and you know what? Listening to your background, it makes sense that you were attracted to um, a role as challenging and as complex as this and why you were drawn to a show with themes like power because, you know, slowly but surely it, 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 it's been moving the needle on much-needed conversations around race and socioeconomic statuses and other issues that affect people of color, um, you know, specifically black and, and um, Latinx people. Um, why specifically did you choose to go with power? I'm flattered by the the idea that I had choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it makes, it's, it's sweet because it, it, as an interviewer, you're asking me this question as if my, my career was in a bigger spot. Um, I went with power because I got offered a job, like, because I, I, they gave me the role out of a hundred roles that you audition and you make it to the end and they go with somebody else. And then the rest of it, I I just got lucky. Like I probably would have taken power even if it was a vacuous job because I had $86 in my bank account and I was on the herd because I was moving with my parents. So like the fact that it generated conversation that Angela's complex, uh, that it's challenging, that it's been as successful as it is. In some ways, it was just luck. It was like, it, it sort of getting, getting cast in a lead role is like getting hit by lightning and then getting cast in a lead role that has had the confluence of good writing and plot and success and, mm-hmm. um, diversity in the way that 
people, Latinx people and people of color can feel empowered by. So that was just luck. And so um, I wish I could say, oh, oh, I saw it and I was drawn to it for these things because it would have meant that I had more control over my life as an artist. But it was really, it was really, um, I auditioned for it and they said, we want you. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness. And then, and then it, I, it, the fact that all of those other ingredients were in place were um, the icing, the icing on a cake. You know, awesome. as an actor, when you're beginning, you you have the option of saying no to something, um, but you don't really have the option of yet of what you get. Hopefully, someday, <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed. Um, but what's been really lovely is though the the challenge of Angela and. Uh, trying to make her as human as possible and um and the just the fact that she isn't defined um before Angela I was stuck in this you know drug peddling immigrant with the heart of gold <laughs> you know like like <laughs> I played a Colombian drug deal on cold case or on uh NCIS Miami or CSI Miami it was like an El Salvadorian meth lab cooker who's gotten kidnapped because her sister got kidnapped or you know all of these uh were it was like a gang deal um and so to play Angela who is Puerto Rican, but is also Ivy League educated and smart and, you know, doesn't have all of these sort of stereotypical um, calling cards that get stamped often on when you're playing a Latinx character is, is really wonderful. But she, just, she really is just a woman trying to navigate her way through this world. And, and that, to me, is a piece that's incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, I I am always um, it's always a breath of fresh air to see you know actresses and actors that could easily be stereotyped um, break the mold and you know step out and represent real life people that are successful and you know complex and and at the same time well rounded that just so happen to be outside of the white majority. It's it's amazing to see um you know well, I really it is, that's the other thing people sometimes try to give me credit for like breaking the boundaries and it's like well no it's really producers and writers that do that like yeah. whatever amazing character you write that breaks the boundaries there will be an actor or actress to fill it and so my position is sort of secondary the, the character has to be written first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the piece that I'm really grateful for is that um, Courtney Kemp and Gary Lennon and the writing team of Power have really taken the time to, um, you know, fill out these these characters in this narrative. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I I do definitely credit them. They're they're amazing at what they do. But you you have to pat yourself on the back as well because they can write the character, but not everyone can actually bring it to life. Um, you know, and you you do an amazing job. I, I read a, a really interesting quote that um, you left in an interview. You said that your job as an actor is to stay curious about your character, and that sometimes you can't help but feel that that applies to real life relationships as well. And that made me wonder since you are so enveloped in your character have some of the things that 
Angela has gone through or just the, the fact that, um, you know, you're, you're an actor. Have some of those things that you've learned while acting um, parallel your real life. Basically, anything that you've learned from your characters has that trickled over into your real life. Um, I mean, it's hard because, like, there's qualities of Angela, but in terms of plot stuff, I mean, the, the plot of Power is pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. So my life is pretty tame. Like, you know, I like to garden and I have a cat and I like to cook <laughs> and like all of that. I like to go hiking. My my life is pretty low-key and undramatic and uh, un- unglamorous uh, by my choosing. That's not really where I... I, I like acting. I don't always like all the other pomp around it. How I Made It is sponsored by Chicago French Press. Tired of adding loads of sugar and flavored creamers to your bold roast each morning? I found your solution. Custom roasted organic coffee flavored with natural ingredients like banana shavings, blueberries, and pecans. How I Made It listeners can receive 15% off with promo code I Love CFP on your next order. Visit ChicagoFrenchPress.com to learn more. I, I think that part of the reason that you are so, um, you know, peaceful and grounded in your real life is because you get all of that other murky stuff out during your day job, which is, you know, that's a, a great balance to have. You still, you get to kind of touch the, the, the thrill that comes from the other side and then you go back to your real life where everything is, is good and healthy. Or, you know. Yeah, playing, like, playing sort of devious, uh, or characters, or, you know, Angela, we have a very narrow lane in society in how women are supposed to behave, and she definitely colors outside of that lane, and so that's, that in itself is a lot of fun. Just like, it's really fun to murder someone <laughs> in make-believe land. You know? Like, yeah. that's, it's so, uh, that sort of play that, that play where you get to do really awful things but it's all fake but then you get to go home and you know wash your face and cook in bed and watch you know some some tv like that's that's really fun (laughs) yeah i can imagine i love that to pivot a bit of course you know all of us know that we're living in a a really interesting time politically speaking it's it's uh very interesting and celebrity and everything else seems to be blurred within that realm and I saw that uh, you did a a really interesting interview not too long ago where you said that um, it's curious to put celebrities especially actors in the position of role models I found that really interesting because I haven't really heard too many celebrities put that type of context to the concepts of of being a role model and, and in a certain way in your position and on your platform. Do you mind expounding on uh, what you meant by that? How should I put it? I feel like our culture needs role models in the terms of, like, teachers, scientists, mm-hmm. politicians. Like, like celebrity in itself, like, I-, I could say an artist is a role model or a wonderful dancer or – but just – the term celebrity is this really bizarre catch-all and a lot of times what like I'm not I don't actually I consider myself an actor other people will say celebrity because of what's happened with power but that's not something I identify with and 
is in the world of entertainment, we have all sorts of personalities and a lot of them can be very selfish and self-serving and interested in glamour and vanity and image in a way that I don't feel is um, healthy. Mm-hmm. It's a world of inflated ego, a world, and I'm not, there's, a, there's many artists that are incredibly humble, beautiful people. And, and then, you know, there's, there's also that sort of aspect of uh, perfection and youth and objectification and all of these other things. It's, you know, it, it kind of comes, it, it's part of the, the murky waters of, of the entertainment business that we're, yeah. there's wonderful, beautiful things about it and then there's other stuff. And that's why um, the idea the idealization of someone just because they're on television or, or beautiful or this, that is where I get a little bit um, nervous. Uh, mm-hmm. I do feel like, and also the thing is, is our job in some ways is to serve a char- the character and the, the characters that we play. And like Angela Valdez is not a role model. She's a fascinating character, but like when you really break her life choices down, like she's not a role model. Um, and I feel like so much of maybe why certain actors will get catapulted to this idea is from their sexiness or their charisma. But when I think of role model, I think of other qualities. I think of a sense of integrity. Uh, a sense of vision and outspokenness. Um, and, you know, I feel like I have my viewpoint, but I'm, I'm not, I'm nowhere nearly as informed as someone who dedicates their life to like activism or politics or I have my own personal viewpoints, but the amount of, uh, kind of complicated relationships and and information that we're navigating sometimes I sort of feel very unequipped to have a a conversation that's valid support for this podcast and the following message come from made magazine are you a budding content creator looking to amplify your platform if you're a writer photographer podcaster videographer or any other type of creative professional visit may-magazine.com to submit your content just click publish your content under the connect tab for consideration pivot a bit i think the reason that that people make that connection is because for whatever reason we're just prone to see what we want to see in people. And even though Angela is a very controversial figure, there are some very um, admirable qualities about her. The fact that she is a very strong Mm -hmm. career-driven woman and the fact that you are able to bring her character to life so well. And you seem to be a very, you know, well-rounded person. They blur the lines or at least, well, for example, I was I was watching an interview that um, Amari Amari Hyatt did um, recently, and he was basically asked whether or not he had any fear about being typecasted as a ghost for the rest of his career because of the mega success of Power and how um, strongly fans resonate with that particular character. And he answered so eloquently, you know, basically the fact that he brings the character to life and it is so huge that's only, you know, a positive 
um, you know, in terms of where else he can go with the character. And people should really work harder to separate the two. Um, I think that that kind of falls in line with what you were getting at. The fact that these characters are so flawed and not something that should be put into the role model bucket. But yeah, I guess I get concern of our of our society is like um, I, idealizing celebrity more yeah. than activism or teachers or like there there's a piece of me that I feel like art and entertainment is incredibly important but that there are other voices that are I wish we had a, a tendency to hold up Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of who I want my, if I had children, who I would want them to look up to and idealize and revere, wouldn't necessarily um, be exist in the world of, of actors. I mean, I think there could be actors that you admire for their acting, but when I think of a role model, I think of it encompassing... Um, values of uh, integrity, how you move through the world, work ethic, education. Um, you know, I, I think of, you know, Maya Angelou, Jane Goodall, uh, Gloria Steinem, uh, Joan Didion, uh, you know, uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I guess I... Uh, and it's hard because I'm not saying this is to put down my profession I think artists are so incredible it's just a really you know the entertainment industry is a really tricky business yeah I I totally get that Um, you you, you hit it right on the head entertainment is very tricky and you know there are a lot of listeners out there that want to break into the industry be it acting, singing, dancing what, what have you and they're just trying to navigate the process of staying true to their artistry while, you know, making a living, basically. Um, right. Have you received any, you know, substantive um, advice professionally as to how to make it in the industry? How what, you do what's that? The, yeah, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think, like, very, very early on, when I first fell in love with like the craft of acting and theater and, and realized that that, that I, I was really in love with it. I had to divorce myself from society's definition of what success is. I almost had to let go of this idea of making it. If your goal is to make it, I think that that is setting you up for failure mm. in that there's no guarantees in this business ever. No one owes you anything. There's no sign that, that all of your efforts were, will ever be validated. And for me, I realize that by society standards, like I could be a waitress for my whole life, but me going up, having a creative life and going after what I love in itself is a worthwhile use of my time. Mm-hmm. And being a waitress for the rest of my life, if I get to do what I love, isn't uh, isn't uh, meaning that my life was a failure. Like Van Gogh didn't have any accolades 
while he was living, would you look back and look at his body of work and say that he did the wrong thing with his life? No. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the idea of making it very goal oriented, which in the creative, in a creative world and in creative living, where there's no guarantees of money, you can't. Um, it's really hard to reconcile that. Um, I think the way I approached it was that I decided that I would always take care of my creativity, meaning that I wouldn't put my creativity in the crosshairs of having to earn money. So I waitressed, I paid my bills, and and then I pursued my art and my craft and what I wanted to do on the side. Um, it means you have to work really, really hard. Uh, and you have to live small. Like I, you know, didn't have a car payment. I lived in a rent-controlled housing. I kept my 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 overhead so so low, and that's the only reason why I was able to last as long as I got lucky enough to get swooped up into something that kind of mm-hmm. put me on another um, on another level. But but I I don't know if that should validate me having done the right thing with my life. Like if, if power never happened and I was still a waitress and struggling and still on the verge of moving, like living with my parents, like I still kind of think that that's just as valid a life choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it does. we fall in love with the art because I don't know. I maybe it's our closest sort of brush with divinity or whatever that something is. Whenever you catch the tail of artistic flow, there's nothing like it. And um, I I think that if you choose to take the path of a creative life, that you really have to block out the rest of what society uh, says is success. You know, um, and I think that's the other piece that when I, that makes celebrity difficult because it's, a lot of it is, is, uh, luck and, and, uh, you know, if, if I was born at a different time or had certain things hadn't happened, like, I don't know if it would have worked out that way. Um, you know, it's like when you look at the ingredients that you need, you need you need talent, you need luck and d- discipline. And the only mm-hmm. thing we're in control of is discipline. Like, that's it. Like, how much talent we have and how much luck we have is in, in our hands. So um, I think that's my advice is that set your, set your life up that your creativity doesn't have to pay the bills, that you mm-hmm. take you take care of it like it's your child and that's what allows it to grow because if you're under the linchpin of like I've got to do this and I've got to make it and make money mm-hmm. um, unfortunately this, this, this business doesn't work like that Yeah, you know some people it does but that's like winning the lottery you know I think mm-hmm. I, I I I was I was acting professionally for seven years and then trying to get a professional job three years before that, for 10 years total before before um, I got power. Always taking acting classes. And I mean, I still take acting classes. I still jump in on the off season and grow and develop. And so it's interesting. I would say that you have to shut out the idea of making it 
mm-hmm. which is ironic considering that it's time mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> what I was, at least that's what I did for me. I don't think I could have handled all of the rejection otherwise. But the reason that this podcast came to fruition is basically to gauge from people that quote unquote made it what that looks like to them. So I'm really, um, I feel like this is divine that that is your definition of making it, that you should just cancel out the concept of making it. That's, it's so simple, but it's intensely profound at the same time. So I really appreciate you breaking it down like that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things is my mom, my mom's family came from really stark poverty, and I I would go back to Mexico. We would go back and visit every year, and I loved going. Uh, and so there was something that it, it, there's. Uh, I'm not romanticizing poverty, but it wasn't scary to me growing up. I know not having uh, electricity or dirt floor, you know. Uh, but was scarier was. Seeing my father never really finding a job that he was fine with, but never really seeing him find something that he loved. And I think that stagnation or that, I don't want to say bitterness because my my dad isn't bitter, but he definitely went through a period of like, I, I could, as a child, see the, I guess, the lack of vitality in what he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I saw that eat away at him. And I was like, you know, I'd rather be poor and and live on the margins and do what I love than have stability or security and be, um, I don't want to say dead on the inside because that's like, you know, <laughs> that's an exaggeration. But um, not fulfilled. Uh, and, you know, at the same time, that's a really easy thing to thumb your nose at in your 20s. Like, once uh, I will be 100% on you know, I got power when I was 33, and it, it was, mm-hmm. I've been living off of less than $30,000 a year for, I think, like, two or three years in a row at that point. And it was, mm-hmm. got really scary. Like, holy crap, what did, what did I choose to do with my life? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I, people, People say, but look, it paid off. And it's like, well, they could have easily, things could have not worked out. And and, and uh, they could have gone with another actor. And would I would I then say that I made a mistake? And I have to, I think you have to say no. I think you have to kind of like take a vow to the creative life. Uh, uh, no matter what you are, then learn how to take care of yourself economically outside of that. I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you make it, you make it. And if you don't, that's okay. You're doing what you love. You know? Oh. And if and if it gets too painful, because there's a lot of people that it gets too uh, demoralizing, then mm-hmm. then change. Change and do something that that doesn't, you know, kick all of that stuff up. And then maybe come back to it later. I think that's my, my two cents on it. Yeah, that's I'm so appreciative of this because it's so real. You you rarely really, I mean, of course, you know, entertainers share their their um, humble beginnings story, but not like this. 
or at least I haven't heard uh-huh. of so, Again, seriously, I, I really, really appreciate your candor because, you know, you, you could have kept it to yourself. So where can we find you everywhere on the Internet? Probably the place that I'm most active is on Instagram mm-hmm. um, because uh, I came to social media later and God bless those young kids who can like manage all those platforms and not lose their <laughs> mind but I <laughs> um, I, I have languishing I have a very languishing Twitter account and a very languishing Facebook account but I've, I, I can I sort of feel like I can get a handle on Instagram so that's sort of where I am most frequently and then and then Twitter and Facebook are like their sad cousins <laughs> uh, my Instagram account Someone like beat me to that, I think, to try to mess with me. So I made mine at Miss L Lauren. So M I S S L L O R E N. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, and of course, uh, and then sorry, Twitter and Facebook is at as at Lauren. Those are just my, my name. So I'm sure they already know where to find you, but just in case. <laughs> um, thanks so much. Again, this has been incredible, and I cannot wait until the show premieres on the 1st. Oh, it's going to be great. I had such a pleasure talking about this.